Think about some animals that have some hard shells. You got turtles, you got armadillos. What's the purpose of those hard shells? There's probably others. It's to keep them safe. An exterior that keeps them safe. So we have the Israelites who often do something to keep themselves safe, not knowing who is their protector. So they come up upon the, upon the, the land of Canaan, or the, yeah, the land of Canaan, which is the promised land, the promised land, the land that God has promised. And Moses sends in 12 spies to reconnoitre the land, to figure out, is this the land for us? So what is it like? And two people come back saying, it is our land. We should go in and we should take it. And 10 say, no, it's not. The people, they're too big. We seem like, we thought we were grasshoppers. And so we must have seemed like that to them. So notice how when we, when we feel something, we project that onto others. And that's what we think they think about us. But that's not always true. Because it was the land of promise. The land promised by God. So you have two people who say, we can go in and take it. The others say, no way, no way. So they create this hard exterior, and the people cry out, no, we can't go in there. We can't go in there. We're not going to be safe if we go in there. We're going to get taken over by all the other people. We're going to be going in and getting smashed. We can't go in there. So we, got, we create this hard exterior. It's like a turtle. I just curl up. Because they don't know who is fighting for them. They've seen all the signs and wonders, and yet they're still hard of heart to believe. So where do we go with that? We often think that the reason God sent them into the desert for 40 years was because of the golden calf. It wasn't because of the golden calf. It was because of this moment in history where God led them to the promised land. They can see it on the other side, and they're waiting, and the ten come back and say, no, we can't go in there. They disbelieved the promise of God. In fact, the words that he says is, I, the Lord, have sworn to do this to all the wicked assembly that conspired against me. Conspired against me. That's a strong word. It's not just like they didn't believe me. They didn't trust me. They conspired against me. They fully came against my promise and said, this can't be true. And so they were left to follow in the desert for 40 years because he had to kill off an entire generation of disbelief. He had to kill off an entire generation of people who conspired against his promise. You see, we can't receive the promise of God if we disbelieve in it. If we don't believe that God is actually faithful to us, then there's no way for him to actually be faithful to us. Because I will never see it as faithfulness. I will always see it as, as God is doing something. Okay, that's nice, but when is the, when is the other shoe going to drop? When is it going to fall apart? Because it has to fall apart, because my whole life falls apart. So when is it going to fall apart? If I continue to live with this belief that God isn't faithful, that my life isn't going to go in a positive direction or only until I get to heaven, that's not what he says. He wants to give us heaven here. Give us this day our daily bread on earth as it is in heaven. So the Lord wants to give to you, to your family, to your children, to your grandchildren, to your great-grandchildren, the gift of living heaven here. To see it, to experience it, to taste it. It's why he gives a foretaste in the Eucharist. 
so that we can live in the freedom of heaven, not needing it 10, 15, 20, 30 years tomorrow, who knows? But I can live it now. I can believe in his promises and I can live in that freedom.